Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to, dear God, to go out by way of podcast. Lord, I just ask God that you would just use this podcast, God, for your glory, for the uplifting of your kingdom, dear God, I, that it may go out and help someone, dear God, to help them to get closer to you, dear God, or to understand your word just a little bit better, dear God. And Lord, I pray if there be anyone, dear God, that's lost without you, I, that somewhat, something will be said, dear God, that will, they will give their heart and life to you before it's too late. Lord, I pray, God, that you just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God. Lord, that I may speak the words that you would have me to speak. In Jesus' sweet name we pray, amen. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 29. Uh, we are wrapping up the uh, um, talk about the uh, commandments and uh, different things like that. Uh, but Moses is going over and he's uh, going to the Lord is having him to go to go over and renew the covenant that uh, he has with his people. Um, you remember back when they came out of Egypt and they was at Mount Hareb, uh, the Lord made a covenant with the people then. And uh, the Lord has been, I guess, repeating that covenant many, many, many times in the last few chapters. I uh, want his his people to realize that they need to to follow him, trust in him, and to, and do his keep his commandments and his his statutes and his judgments. And the Lord is is trying to get us today to do the same thing to uh, to not trust in man, not trust trust in our own ability, but to trust in him and put all of our our trusted him and and keep his commandments and his statutes and and if we would do that and i mean i'm talking about mankind in general if we would do that uh the world would be a whole lot different place as i have said many times uh the the one that we are serving is the reason why that we are doing the things that we are doing and the world and the, the people of this world is, is the same way. Whoever is in charge of their lives, whoever they are serving, is the reason why that they are the way that they are. And we've got to remember that if we will take the time to tell people about the Lord and to uh, pray for them and, and love them, uh, that they may eventually change uh, the person that's in charge of their life, in other words, they'll they'll ask Jesus to come in to live in uh, to live in their hearts and rule their lives, and that they will completely change then. But you know, and you know, many times I've wondered how any world am I supposed to love everybody when when there's so many so many people that want to come out against you. There's so many people that wants to. Uh, belittle you and 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 just drag you down and everything and i'm asking lord lord how is it that i am supposed to love these people 
and the Lord taught me a very important lesson, and that's where that I get, uh, you know, the the statements that I make about who is in charge of our lives, because the Lord told me and showed me that whoever is in charge of people's lives is the reason why that they are acting the way that they are acting. If Satan's in in charge of your life, you uh, you're going to be hateful and and boastful and and backbiters and uh, all this stuff. And if God is in control of your life, you're going to be loving. You're going to be happy. You're going to be have joy. You're going to be content. You're going to be helpful. And uh, this 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 is the only reason that we are the way we are is because of who is in control of our lives. And the more that we understand that and the more that we take the time to, to study our Bible and to pray and to ask God to help us to get closer to him, the more that we will become more like Christ. And that's, that's my goal is to become like Christ. And will I ever get there? I don't know. I'm hoping I'm a hoping, I'm a trying, I'm a praying, and I'm asking God to help me to get there, but it's all up to me. Uh, it's all up to me. But uh, in verse in chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, uh, this is the renewal of God's covenant with Israel. Like I said, when they was at Mount Herob, uh, this is when that been almost 40 years ago. Uh, God made the covenant with his people there and in the land of Moab. And uh, the Lord now has commanded another uh, covenant and a supplement largely with instructions to abide by the former agreement, but with a few more things added to it when they get into the promised land. Uh, there, it's going to be a little bit stricter when they get into the promised land and they get settled in their cities and everything and, and they get their towns and their cities and everything growing. Everything's going to be a little bit different. Um, supposed to be. Supposed to be different. But my, uh, Moses is going to recall uh, the plagues that uh, was put upon Egypt He's going to recall a lot of things as he is going over uh, the this covenant and um, with Israel. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Hareb. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh and unto all his servants and unto all his land, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness, your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Ye have eaten, not eaten bread, neither have ye drank wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. And when you come into this place, 
And when you came into this place, Shion, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us into battle, and we smote them. And we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Keep therefore the words of this covenant, and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Now Moses, he is telling them, he's backed up again, started out in Egypt, and he's coming forward, and he's, he's telling them to remember everything that happened in Egypt. Don't, don't forget what happened back there. Don't forget about uh, the, the uh, taskmasters that were put over you. Don't forget uh, the, uh, the, how hard your work was. Don't forget how that uh, you got beat and, and verbally abused because you didn't get your quota of bricks out. Don't forget none of that. Don't forget how that uh, you had to work long hours and didn't get anything for it, really. And he said, I, I, and don't forget all these things. And there again, children of God today, don't forget what it was like when you was out in sin. Remember all of it. Don't remember just the good parts. Remember all of it. See, the children of Israel had a, a really bad habit of just remembering the good stuff. Because if, if you remember, as we went through and everything, they was always talking about how that they wished they was back in Egypt uh, when they had uh, plenty to eat and they had plenty to drink. But they don't remember, they, don't, they sit, don't seem to remember all the heartaches and all the uh, hard times that the taskmasters masters put up on them, making them make bricks, and then how that uh, Pharaoh took, uh, you know, they they basically all the Egyptians basically brought everything to them and they mixed everything up and put it in molds and made the bricks. But then uh, Pharaoh made them stop bringing a straw to them so that they had to go out and and get their own straw or stru uh, stubble or whatever they could find to put in the bricks to make them hold together. They forgot all about that. But they remember about how much they had to eat and and how much they they ate and had stuff to eat and drink anytime they wanted it. They they remembered that, but they don't remember the bad stuff. That's that's like a lot of us today. Uh, we remember when we were out in sin about uh, all the money that we had and all the good times that we had and all the friends that we had, but. Uh, then you know we seem to forget all the the really hard times the the times that uh, we got in a fight with our our spouses the times that we got in fight with our friends over nothing really the times that we we got in trouble and and ended up in jail because we were caught under the influence driving or uh, public intoxication and and uh, all these other things that we've done, stupid things that we've done when we was out in sin, we seem to forget about all those. But we remember all the parties and, and how much fun we had at them and, and all that. And we remember all that stuff. See, that's, that's just like Satan. He, he paints a real pretty picture. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've watched uh, a lot of westerns and everything, and I always liked uh, their buildings. They'd, they'd put these huge fronts on them, 
and they'd have windows upstairs and everything. But when you went into the building, uh, it was just one big room, and there was no upstairs. But on the outside, it looked huge. And, you know, that's the way Satan does. He, he paints you a pretty picture, and he makes everything look real good on the outside. But when you get inside and you, you start partaking of the things of Satan, you get in trouble then, and you find out that it wasn't exactly the way that you thought it was going to be after you get in trouble. So, and that's that's the one thing that, that the Lord is trying to tell the Israelites in all these chapters that we just read about all the different things that could come against them if they don't obey the Lord. He, he's trying to tell them that, you know, if you follow me, everything's going to be good. There are going to be blessings. If you follow me, you keep my commandments and my judges and my statutes and obey me, uh, you get nothing but blessings. But if you follow Satan and you go whoring after other gods and you and you go to worship them and serve them and everything, you're going to get a cursing. And they people don't realize that these gods are just whatever they're made out of, whether they be stone or wood or metal or, or whatever they're made out of. That's all they are. There's nothing to them, those idols. That Those idols cannot do nothing for you. They can't heal you. They can't save you. They can't do nothing for you. But now, on the other hand, Jesus, which we don't need no, no type of uh, image or anything like that because he is real, and we know he's real, and we have him in our heart, so we don't need nothing that we can actually see because we can feel him. We can see his work that he is doing. We know that he's alive, but yet for some reason we start chasing after all of this stuff that is dead. It's dead. I mean, it's just dead. And we we wonder why it is that, that you know, we... we we don't feel the Lord like we used to or, or we're not getting blessed like we used to. Well, you know, it's real simple. We have left the Lord and have gone after other things, seeking after other things, and we have left him. So he has cut his blessings off, and now we're into the point of where that we're going to be cursed. So I, we're, it's either blessings or curses. And he said, you remember... Back when we was at Harab, remember the covenant there. Now then, I'm just telling you that what went on with that covenant, plus I am telling you the new parts of the covenant that's going to come into play when we get over into the promised land. Get over into that land where the, where the Lord has promised us. When we get over there, there's, there's going to be some new covenants that's going to come into play that we're going to have to do. And, you know, the closer, listen, the closer you get to God, is the more that things in your life is going to change. There's, there's things that you do right now that the Lord will, have, will convict you of, and you'll have to quit doing them. Uh, it, and, you know, it's not the same for everybody. And just because that God tells you to uh, quit drinking coffee, uh, it doesn't mean that it's a sin for everybody else to drink coffee. That's that's one of those personal things between you and God where the Bible says work out your own salvation. 
with fear and trembling. So that, that's the one thing that is between you and God. And that, you know, it, it's, it's not wrong for anybody else to do it, but it would be a sin if you do it. And as we go on and we get closer to the Lord, we're going to find out things that, that we done, we never thought nothing about. That the God that God is going to convict us of, and we're going to have to stop doing it. You know, uh, I mentioned coffee because there was a, a young man that got saved many years ago, and he and he got convicted of caffeine. He couldn't drink anything with caffeine in it, and he got off of it completely. I know another. Well, my dad, the Lord convicted him over his ties. And he had to quit wearing ties. But, you know, he still tried to get me and my brother to wear a tie to not too much avail on my part because I, I hated those things. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we see all the things that's going on in this world, all the temptations, and, and we've seen the signs uh, of the times, and we've, we've seen all these things. But are we really seeing them? You know, the, uh, Moses, the Lord is telling Moses, he said that, uh, yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, eyes to see, and ears to hear unto this day. In other words, everything hasn't become crystal clear unto you until this day. And you you know now exactly why everything happened. You know exactly uh, why everything took place. You you everything that you've seen, you know why that it happened, and and all the things that you've heard, you know exactly why you heard those things. And you know that's that's one of the one of, I guess one of the the greatest times in Christian living that. Uh, that ever was is when you get to the point to where that you understand, uh, basically understand God's plan of salvation. You you understand that you really need to be saved. You really need to follow the Lord, and you really need to, to pray and study your Bible and and to quit all of these things that you have been doing that you just really not thought anything about. When all the, when it all comes together and it all comes very clear, it, it it is a very fascinating time in your in your Christian life, and uh, it is it's sort of hard to explain. It's one of those things that you have to uh, experience because it's hard to explain exactly how that it is that everything comes together and you realize the plan that God has for your life, you realize exactly what it is that God wants you to do, and you realize that there is a plan for your life, and you need to figure out what that plan is and start asking God to show you what it is that he wants you to do, and then you follow that plan, and everything comes together. You know, we... We do things sometimes for the Lord, and we don't think about it. And then one day, you know, just just all of a sudden, you get to looking around, and you get to, to looking at everything that has happened, and everything that has gone that has gone on in your in your Christian life, and you say, 
Wow. I never seen that before. But, you know, the Lord, I guess it was two years ago that the Lord started speaking to me about this podcast. Uh, it was late, well, it was about, about the middle of, t- middle of the year, two years ago. And we, the Lord and I discussed it and, and I, I I wondered if it was really the Lord speaking to me or if it was just me. You know, we get to that point sometimes when the Lord tells us to do something, and I'm sure Moses was right in the middle of this big time, a lot of times. The Lord tells us to do something, and we're, and and it, it, it's not one of those things that he just, you hear his voice just come out and say, tell you to do this. Uh, it's just some thoughts. That, that keeps continually going over in your mind can, and you can't get rid of them. And then when you, when you get to thinking about it and you, and you start putting it in action and you start trying to figure out how to go about whatever the Lord has uh, wanting you to do and then everything just, just clicks right in place. I mean, everything just fits right in place. It may take a while. It took me three or four months or longer to get this together and get it started and everything. But, you know, I got to one point to where I I felt like I was stalled out and I didn't know which way to turn and, and I was having a hard time and, and uh, losing, I was uh, doing a lot of asking God to forgive me for failing and, and doing a lot of crying and, and soul searching and everything. And, I, I continued on and, and was trying my best to figure out how to do this. And and I, I, I finally, I said, Lord, I need help. I, I've gone to the end. I, I don't know which way to go next. And when I got to that point and I turned it all over to the Lord, everything just clicked. And within just a little while, then we were up and running. You know, sometimes... You know, I, I've always said, if nothing else, and and even when I first done my first four or five podcasts and everything, I, I, I told myself, I said, you know, if this does not go anywhere, God has taught me so much during the, the startup of this thing that if it does not go anywhere, I have gained a lot of knowledge, if nothing else. But that was over a year ago and still here we are and the lord is still blessing and you know as long as you will you will put forth that effort and don't don't be afraid when god when god puts before you that he wants you to do do something do not be afraid to ask god for help when you get stuck don't be afraid to he is sitting, waiting, and willing to help, and all he wants us to do is just ask for it. And when we ask for it, he, he springs into action, and he will, he will open doors that, that you, you have no idea where they came from, but all of a sudden, there they are. And, you know, this is the things that the, the Lord is trying to get to you, the Israelites to understand that as long as you follow me and you do my will and you keep my commandments and and everything, I will bless you. 
in every way that you turn. Christians, as long as we will do what God wants us to do, and as long as we keep his commandments and we uh, live for him and do his will, he will bless us every way that we turn. And, you know, it, it's just, it just amazes me when I look over my life in the last, last three years of how God has just, just blessed me immensely and used me in so many ways. And, you know, yeah, I've been tempted. I, I go through temptations just about daily. But I know for a fact who I serve, and I know that if I hang on and if I resist those uh, temptations and I, I keep my heart and, and my life in line with the Lord, that everything's going to be all right in the end. Sure, it, it would be fun. to go, You know, sin is fun. I'm not going to lie to you. Sin is fun. It really is. But it's only for a season. And then after that, it's not fun no more. When you when you die in this when you when your life is over in this in this world right now, sin does not become fun anymore. It becomes the curse part. The curse part. Now it's time. Now it's time to pay the piper for all the fun you've had, for all the money and all the big fine houses that you have gotten, uh, your ill-gotten gains, it's time to pay the piper. And you're not going to like the bill that you that you have, will be set before you because you have to pay for it with torments for the rest of your life. But he, in, in verse 5, he said, And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. <laughs> I like to have a, a pair of pants or a um, pair of shoes that's 40 years old. Because I'm telling you what, that's some good shoes. Wear them every day for 40 years, and they never wire out? No, that, that's not going to happen. Not when you're out in the wilderness and you're, you're wandering over uh, rocks and sand and, and uh, grass and dirt and everything else, and you're walking on all this stuff all the time. No, it's not going to last that long. But they did. You know, I just wonder, really, if the Israelites knew exactly how blessed they were, or were are they like us? They don't. They can't see the forest for the trees, and they can't see the blessings because of their wants, of things that they want, and things that they they think that they need and they've got to have. They can't see exactly what God is doing for them. You know, when we take the time to forget about everything of this world, forget about all the pleasures of this world and all the niceties of this world, and we folk get our, our 100% focus on the Lord and on the things of Him, 
we will figure out real quick just exactly how how wonderful life is and exactly how how wonderfully blessed we really are children of israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness the clothes never wore out shoes never wore out their tents never wore out the ropes never broke the poles that held their tent up never broke and they could not see that because that they were thinking of other things that they wanted meat meat was their biggest thing that they wanted they complained about the manna that the lord sent them every morning except on the sabbath he sent it every morning all they had to do is go out and collect a certain amount for each person in their family and they would have that to eat and it, it sustained them for 40 years now then they are getting ready to go into a a land that is blessed uh, beyond belief uh, with fruits and, and vegetables and grains and uh, olive uh, yards and vineyards and, and all different things that are ready already growing and waiting on them all they have to do is go in and possess it children of god we are we are getting ready or are we are in a place should be in a place or getting ready to go into the place to where that god can can bless everything in our life every way that we turn god can bless us it may not be uh money it may not be homes but you know we we've got to remember that a lot of the blessings that god gives us are not earthly blessings they're spiritual blessings the ones that count the most because those spiritual blessings are going to last forever even after we leave this world but all the earthly blessings that we get are going to pass away one of these days and when we, when we as children of God, when we think about God blessing us, we think about money. We think about homes. Think about cars, clothes, food. All the things of this world is what we think of when we think of God's blessings. But let me tell you something. The greatest blessing that God ever gave me was the blessing of uh, knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Those are the greatest blessings that God ever gave me. Boldness. You know, that's, that's another one that, that I really thank God for. That's, that's a blessing that I really thank God for because, as I've told before, you know, when I was back in school, I hated to stand up in the classroom and give book reports. Even in church, you know, I, when I went to church all the time, you know, just let me sit back over in the corner and nobody nobody noticed me and just just let me sit there i'll be fine the lord said no i don't want you back in the corner back there doing nothing i want you up front doing something where everybody can see you where everybody can hear you and he gave me the boldness that i needed to move from that back seat up to the front standing up in front of everybody 
and speaking his word. And he gave me he gave me the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding of his word so that I can teach his word. That right there means more to me than than all the money in the United States. Because that is more precious to me than gold. Because that is something that one of these days I'm going to take to heaven with me. And the thing about it is, is when I get to heaven, I will have all knowledge. I will have all wisdom and I will have all understanding. I'll have a little bit here, but I'll have it all when I get to heaven. You know, the Lord may bless me, has blessed us with money. Not a whole lot, but some. He has blessed us with it. We're comfortable. But you know what? When I get to heaven, I won't be blessed with that money anymore because I don't need it when I get to heaven. And it's all going to be destroyed one of these days anyway. So those, those, those heavenly blessings are the ones that we, we really need to hang on to. And see, the children of Israel, they, they couldn't understand exactly what the blessings were that they were getting. They, Like I said, they were too busy looking at their own selves and their own wants than, and not, the time, not enough time spent looking to the heaven and to God to figure out exactly what, how God was blessing them and with what. I mean, listen, you know, one of the greatest blessings that God gave the children of Israel is family. Listen, we had 12 tribes of people that came, all came from one man, and they, they were 12 sons, and they split them up into 12 tribes. And then the Levites, uh, the ones that it, God kept unto himself, and they were family. They all stayed together as family. They worked as family. And not only that, but the whole, but all 12 tribes were family, and they all worked together as family. And that is one of the greatest blessings that, ever, that God ever gave anybody, is family. And he said in verse 6, Ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drank wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came unto this place, Shion, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us unto battle, and we smote them. Probably th these two kings and their armies together probably outnumbered. Yeah, I know they outnumbered the Israelites because they sent some of them back home. When, they, when they, all the men that was of age to go to war got together to go to war against these two kings, they sent a lot of them back home. And then they went out and they went to war. There's another place, uh, I believe it was Gideon. Um, we'll read, we'll st read about him later on. He... Uh, took Israelites out to go to to war, and, and the Lord told them, said, there's too many. And the armies that Gideon was going against was in this valley, and it, and it said it looked like a valley of grasshoppers. 
They the, the whole valley was full, and it was a huge valley. I I don't know how many men there was in there, but they was a bunch of them. And the Lord told them, said, you've got too many. And I think, if I remember correctly, they got it down to 300 men. And the Lord said, that's, that's the number that I want. Why 300 men? Because they was going against an army of, of 10,000 or more, and these 300 men were going to take this, this valley away from all of these people that was in this valley and was going to overtake them and smite them. The Lord was. They weren't. Because the Lord told Gideon, he said, I want everybody to take a trumpet in their hand. I want everybody to take a pitcher in their hand and take and put a candle in that pitcher and light it and I want you to surround this army that's in this valley. And he even sent Gideon down to Gideon down to um, one of them's tent, and he heard them talking, and he he found out that this army, even though it was huge army, was scared to death of the children of Israel because of God was delivering everybody to them and they was they had smote everybody that they had come in contact with as the Lord told them to and they was afraid make a long story short they surrounded these people Gideon made made the cry they broke their pitchers and they started blowing on their trumpets and the army thought that they was a multitude of people coming in to kill them and they 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 got confused they jumped up and they and they started fighting they started fighting each other and they killed each other those 300 men didn't have to do nothing but obey god see and the moral of this story is it does not matter how big your problems seem. It does not matter how big the things that are coming against you seem. There is nothing, nothing in this world that can come against you that is bigger than God. All things are possible with, with God. All things. And we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. You remember the, the Reubenites and the Gadites and, and, the half, and the half the tribe of Manasseh are going to stay on this side of Jordan because the, the land that they took from these two kings was a, a real fertile place and it was really good for cattle. So they're going to stay on this side. They, they don't want to go over into the promised land. They, they liked what they seen on this side. And, you know, that, that, that was fine. God said that was fine. Said, and said, now then that we're over here, said we're going to take and we're going to build three cities of refuge on this side of Jordan, and we're going to build three cities of refuge on the other side of Jordan right now. But he said at some point in time, we will build more cities of refuge 
as the people grow and, and branch out. But they stayed on this side. You know, every once in a while, we we have to, some of us have to stay on this side of Jordan and not go over into that promised land so that we can help others cross over Jordan and get over into the promised land, get over there to that point to where God can really bless them and really use them. But we have to stay on this side. But the Lord is blessing us just as much as if we were over on the other side of Jordan because he has got a job for us on this side. And this is where we need to be. God has got a job for each and every one of us. We just got to figure out what it is and what he wants us to do. And then do it. Do it. Enjoy it. And I tell you what, if you really go into it uh, and and you just you want to do it and it, this is something God has wants you to do and you really want to do it, let me tell you something. It, it becomes something that, that really is really a pleasure to you. You really look forward to doing it. And God will bless you in every way that you go. But you stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, and your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of thy wood unto the drawer of the water, that thou shouldest enter into covenant with the Lord thy God and into his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God as he has said unto thee, and as he has sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. You're all standing together. You know, this, this is where we need to be as children of God. We need to be standing together. It doesn't matter what church we go to. It does not matter what over the door. If you are a child of God, you have the blood applied to your heart and you are, are keeping the commandments and you are doing the will of God and you are following him, you are my brother and you are my sister and it does not matter what church you belong to. We need to, I mean, today in this time right now, we need more than ever to forget about denomination Forget about the name that's over the door. Forget about uh, beliefs. As long as we believe that we need to have the blood applied to our life and we need to repent of our sins and turn from our sins and follow the Lord, we are brothers and sisters. I don't care who you are. If you're Catholic, free will Baptist, Methodist, Protestant, it does not matter. You are my brothers and sisters. If you have the blood applied to your life and you have uh, repented of your sins and turned from your sins and you're following Christ, you are my brother and sister in Christ. It does not matter. And if you can't get over and can't get past denomination or that name over the door, you need to go somewhere and have a long talk with Jesus and, and figure out just exactly what's going on. 
because if you can't love me because I don't believe just exactly the way you do or I can't love you because I don't believe just exactly the way you do, we've got a problem. Because my Bible tells me to love my neighbor as myself. That means everybody. Saved, unsaved, no matter what denomination they go to, it does not matter. I'm supposed to love you all. And we need, we need to get past all this stuff, and we need to start worshiping together, and we need to start serving the Lord together, or we're not going to make it into heaven. Because when we get to heaven, there's going to be people there of all different types of uh, faith, uh, churches, whatever you want to call it. There's going to be people there from every one of them. There's going to be Catholic, there's going to be Free Will Baptist, there's going to be Baptists, there's going to be Missionary Baptists, there's going to be Protestants, there's going to be Catholics, there's going to be everything there. Those that have the blood applied to their life and have uh, repented of their sins and turned from their sins and following God and keeping His commandments and His statutes, those are the ones that are going through the pearly gates. It doesn't matter where you were born, Dad. It doesn't matter where you go to church at. And that's and it doesn't matter exactly what how you believe. You know, I I I know the Bible talks about different things, but the one thing that it says, if I'm going to make it into heaven, is I have to have that blood applied to my life. I have to repent of my sins, and I have to turn from my sins, and I have to follow Jesus. That's that's the requirement for going to heaven. And that's all the requirement. So it, if, you, if you fit that category, it doesn't matter where you go to church. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. So we need to act like we are. That he may establish thee today for a people unto himself. That he may establish us today as a people for himself love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy mind and love thy neighbor as thyself that is the greatest commandment listen if you can keep that commandment right there the other ones that are a piece of cake but a lot of us can't get past Somebody don't believe just exactly the way I do, and, and they will not have nothing to do with those people. And if they can't get past that, they don't love them. I mean, let's get real. If you can't, if you can't get past the, the way that they believe or the denomination or whatever it is that they, they uh, assign to, if you can't get past that and you can't love that person, you're not going to heaven. I don't care who you are. We have to be established in God. We have to love our neighbors. And that, that don't mean just to save people. That means all people. We have, to, we have to love everybody in this world, no matter what they do, no matter who they are. 
Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath. Now listen to this one. But with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. Who was standing there with them that day? Your captains of your tribes, your elders, your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of thy wood unto the drawer of thy water. The stranger, the ones that are not Israelites, those that don't believe maybe just exactly the way that they do, but they are brothers and sisters with them because that God has grafted them into Israel. Think about that for a while. Listen, I love you all. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. And, you know, like I said, the Lord taught me a lesson a long time ago. And the reason why that I can, I can say that I love you and I can be your friend is because I know that by doing that and by loving you and by praying for you that I might be able to convince you that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way out of this world alive. Think about that one. Because if we leave this world and we are unsaved, we live a death. We die and die and die and yet never die. But if we have the blood applied to our life and we have asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and come and live in our heart and we are doing his commandments and, and keeping his statutes and commandments and judgments and we leave this world, that is when we really start living. That is when our life really begins. Listen, I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. And until the next time, may God bless you in a great and a mighty way.